Good evening, everyone. So the last couple weeks we've been uh, in Matthew chapter 13. And before we jump into what I think God has for us tonight, I just want to situate that really quickly. And I hope every week that you're reading the gospel ahead of time and you're praying with it. And this chapter of Matthew's gospel is very, very important. Matthew's entire gospel is about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven more than any other topic in Matthew's gospel by far. The gospel begins with your favorite reading that you get every year, the genealogy. First Sunday of Advent, I can just feel it. Everyone's like, yes, love this one. But it starts with the genealogy showing that Jesus is the king. The gospel ends with Jesus being crucified as the king of the world, right, with the condemnation above him that says, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And right in the dead center of the gospel, we have chapter 13. And chapter 13 that we've been in the last couple of weeks, Jesus tells seven parables about the kingdom. And so, brothers and sisters, this is right at the heart of what it means to be a Christian, is what is the kingdom of heaven, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, So, I don't know what your favorite feast day is. I'm not one of those Catholics who knows feast days. People will come up to me and they'll say, Father Brian, when's the feast day of Saint so-and-so? And And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a saint. And I have no idea. Um. I don't know feast days that well. You're lucky I know when Christmas is. But I think the biggest feast day of our culture, I think our culture has a feast day. And I wish I didn't celebrate that feast day, but I fall prey to it, as I bet you do too. And I think the biggest feast day of our culture is Amazon Prime Day. Right? That's our big feast day for the United States. And I didn't know when it was this, this year because I don't know feast days. But I got an email. And it was like, oh, tomorrow's Prime Day. I was like, ooh, feast day. Right? And so I got on Amazon. I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll look around, see what they've got for me. Got on Amazon on, on our feast day. And um, I, if you don't know this about me, there are basically two great loves in my heart. One is the love of God, and the other is the love of pasta. It's true. I thought it was funny, too. But those two things are worn my heart. And on Amazon Prime Day, an automatic pasta maker was 50% off. And my two loves came together. I'm just kidding. All at once. The 50% off in my community were not allowed to spend over $250 without community permission. And normally that pasta maker is 300 bucks, so it was down to 150 so I don't even have to tell any of those chumps in my community. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, and here's the thing. 
For all of us, the normal thing to do as human beings, and I know you do it as well as I do, is that the normal way to look at the world is to ask, how do I get the most for the least? How do I get the most for the least? And that's not bad. In most cases in our lives, that's just smart. If you're a skier or a snowboarder, you know that if you wait to buy a season pass at the wrong time, you're going to be charged way more than you would have if you bought early. Now we all know how bad real estate is in Denver, but maybe five years ago, young couples would come to me and they'd say, Father Brian, we love Lords, we love this parish, we love that the, you have a school, we want to send our kids here, we're going to buy a parish or a, um, a house in the neighborhood. And I would just think, well, obviously you've never heard of Zillow, right? Because you don't know what houses in this neighborhood cost. And the truth is, is that you can get a lot more house in the suburbs than you can in this neighborhood for your dollar. So tonight, brothers and sisters, there, there's a key word for what I want to share with you. So the key word tonight, there's a Greek word, and I want you all to know this word. The, the word is hegeomai. So everyone say hegeomai. So hegeomai in the Greek means this. It means to consider, regard, or to think. To consider, to regard, or to think. But here's what it means. It means how do you measure things? What do you consider to be a value? What do you not? When you look at the world around you, when your heart sees something and you measure it, that's hegeomai. And tonight I have a simple message for you. The normal thing that all of us do, the normal way of being a human being in this world is to say, I want to get the most for the least. I want to save, I want to get ahead, I want to get the most out of life. And again, I don't want you to moralize that. In most scenarios, that's fine and good. But what the gospel proposes to you and I tonight, brothers and sisters, is that great loves reverse that dynamic. When you have a great love in your life, it reverses that entire dynamic. Yesterday we had a, a wedding here at Lourdes, and it was beautiful. And this struck me yesterday, and I think this at a lot of weddings. And so Matt and Dana got married yesterday, and uh, Matt walked up with his parents, and he stood right here. And me as the priest, I can see when the brides come out behind you back in the narthex. And Dana was walking by, and I could see her, music changed, and the doors opened, and you could feel the power and the emotion in the church. And what I thought at that moment, something I think at a lot of weddings, is I thought, these two have found a love 
that will make them poor. And I preach about that sometimes at weddings. And tonight in our gospel in Matthew 13, and I want to encourage you, tonight or tomorrow, this week, at some point, this is a powerful, powerful scene to pray with, these parables that Jesus tells in Matthew 13. But tonight, the, two, the three that he gives us, I want to narrow in on two of them. Jesus says tonight, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up and then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. You see, real love makes you poor. And there's a, there's a paradox in the gospel, brothers and sisters, about poverty and riches. When the world looks at us, what should happen to us? When we encounter the love of God in Jesus Christ, what happens is we know that we have found the greatest treasure that exists. And what starts to happen is that you and I, maybe not in terms of physical possessions, but some of us absolutely should, you and I become poor. But not really. <laughs> what actually happens is we become rich. But it looks to the world like poverty. That's what it looks like. And I want you to think about this tonight. This, this gospel is meant to be juxtaposed in Matthew's work with the rich young man. Right? Jesus tells us when we, when we discover this treasure buried in a field, we have joy and we go and we buy that field. In Matthew 19, the rich young man encounters Jesus. And Jesus invites him to go sell all he has to give to the poor and come follow him. But the rich young man cannot see. He missed it. And he doesn't get that that man is the greatest treasure that exists. He's everything. That there is nothing worth gaining for which you should ever lose him. And the rich young man, we're told, when he leaves Jesus, he leaves sorrowful. Hegeomai, brothers and sisters, how do you reckon things? What do you consider to be a value? How do you size things up? The gospel tonight challenges us that if we are to be Christians, God confronts us with his son and asks us how we consider him in our minds. And when I present, I want to leave you tonight with two powerful examples of this that have inspired me deeply 
And I hope they'll do the same for you. The first one is from Philippians 3. And this is where I stole that word from the Greek, hegeomai. So Philippians 3, St. Paul, and it's his powerful key to understanding this letter. But in Philippians 3, go read it tonight. Before you go to bed, go read that chapter. And Paul is going to talk about all the things he thought were important in his life, like Prime Day and pasta, which are not bad things. And so Paul says, he says, I myself, I have reason for confidence. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. Paul says here basically, I'm a big deal. Paul studied under one of the most famous rabbis of the first century, Gamaliel. He was a big deal. He had a resume that went a mile long. He was impressive. He was intelligent. He was in all the right circles. Hegeomai. That is what he thought mattered. But he goes on. Whatever gain I had, I counted Hegeomai as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I now count, Hegeomai, everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as garbage in order that I may gain Christ and may be found in him. You see, Paul says, all that stuff that I thought mattered, I consider it now as garbage. And Paul says, I lost everything. In the gospel, Jesus tells us the man who found the treasure hidden in the field sells all that he has. And with joy, he goes and buys that field. The second one that I want to share with you all week, the Companions of Christ, we are in our summer conference, and people can't wrap their minds around that because they think all priests do is pray in the church all day. So everyone, and you'll say it after Mass, it's okay, I forgive you. You'll be like, how was your retreat, Father Brian? It wasn't a retreat, but it was great. We were on conference, and we had a speaker, a guy named Larry Chapp. And I'm going to talk about him in Lord's more and more because I think he's a very important voice for the church today. We have his book in our bookstore, but that's for another time. But Larry Chapp was a professor at a Catholic university on the East Coast. And he loved his job. He was telling us his story, and he said, I love teaching undergraduates. I love being in the university. He had a great job. He had a nice house. He was tenured. He got to travel, he got to go to conferences and speak. And he was teaching his students about people like Dorothy Day, who lost everything for the gospel. And he said somewhere in the neighborhood about five years ago, a young woman in his university came into his office 
And she said, Dr. Chap, I love your class. It's my favorite class. I've learned so much, but I just don't understand. She's like, I've been to your house. It's really nice. And I know you travel. And I know you have a lot of really nice things, and I just don't get it. And if that was me, I would have been like, get out of my office. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Get, get out of my office. He told us this week, that night he went home to his wife, and he was completely shaken. And his wife said to him, all week long in prayer, I feel like God has been telling me that you and I are frauds. He quit his job. He left behind security. He left behind notoriety and prestige. And he opened a Catholic worker farm to serve the poor and to spread the gospel. I count all things as loss for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This week, brothers and sisters, God's not going to do that to you every day, but I promise you he will do that to you. Some of you in this church tonight are called to become poor and to lose your life for Christ in that way. And I mean that monetarily and with what you own. Every one of us is called to be poor in the sense that we are willing to lose things for God. Jesus, you are that treasure buried in the field. Lord, help us to see it. Help us to discover it. Help us to value it. And Jesus, make us ready to sell all that we have so that we can buy that field with joy.